part of the job of a leader is to be able to continue moving everyone towards the finish line, even when obstacles and adversity arises. What we don't want is that your negative self-talk talks you out of taking the actions that you want to take. The person who's the most powerful and impactful in the room is not the person who is the smartest. It's not the person with the most years of experience. I really want you to take this in. It is the person who is most determined to cross the finish line. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Jess. I am the host and creator of the Art of Speaking Up podcast, and I am a coach for women who want to become leaders, who want to build confidence, who want to have a super powerful voice and develop an upwardly mobile, thriving career. I get super excited about women elevating into leadership roles, and that is what I am here to help you do. Today, we're talking about one of my favorite topics ever. This is literally one of my favorite topics, both in my work as a coach and on this podcast and in my own life and in my own personal growth, and that is the topic of mindset. If you've been around here for a minute, you know that I am really big on going beneath the surface when it comes to supporting you and supporting ambitious female professionals in building the career they desire. So obviously, if you want to have a successful career, there are a lot of surface level skills that you're going to need to help you do that. You're going to need to have strong communication skills. You're going to need to have strong self-advocacy skills. You're going to need to have strong execution skills. So there are lots of surface level skills that have to be in place for you to thrive. And what I have found is that when surface level skills are not paired with mindset, those surface level skills can only take you so far. Because what inevitably happens is you find yourself in a situation where exercising those surface level skills takes you outside of your comfort zone. So for example, let's say you master the surface level skill of executive communication and you know how to articulate your ideas clearly and effectively you know how to assert your perspective, you know what to do if a disagreement comes up, like you've learned all of the communication skills, you know exactly what to do. That might not be enough on its own to get you through the moment where you're sitting in the meeting room and it's time for you to jump into the conversation, it's time for you to disagree, it's time for you to assert yourself, it's time for you to present your idea, but you're feeling afraid and you're feeling stretched outside of your comfort zone. In that situation, the surface level communication skill is, of course, needed so that your communication is crisp and high quality, but on its own, it might not be enough. You also need mindset to help you 
navigate the fears and the difficult emotions and maybe the negative self-talk that comes up in that moment where you're feeling afraid or worried or anxious or vulnerable and all those feelings are causing you to want to hide, to not be a part of the conversation, to not show up like a leader, and ultimately to miss out on that opportunity for visibility, not because you're lacking the skills, but because that situation was really, really stretchy and you needed a more solid mindset to help you weather through that difficult experience. This is why I'm a huge proponent of supporting you both with developing the surface level skills because they matter a lot when you have strong communication skills and strong execution skills and strong leadership skills, you stand out a ton. And when you pair that with a rock solid mindset where you can show up and take up space, even in scary, intimidating situations, when you pair those things together, that's when you become super effective. And that's really when the impact that you're having starts to get bigger and bigger. You start to get noticed more and more and your career really starts to take off. So that's why I'm obsessed with mindset because it's often the ingredient that we need to help us thrive in the more challenging situations. And today I'm going to be talking about mindset. And specifically, I'm going to be talking about something that we all struggle with as humans. So if you struggle with this, you are not alone. I struggle with this. Every client that I have worked with ever has struggled with this. Every person that I know ever has struggled with this. This is a universal part of the human experience based on my time as a coach and based on my own human experience, and that is negative thinking and negative self-talk. Speaking to yourself in a negative, harsh, judgmental, unkind way. Now, I have a lot of clients whose goal is to eliminate negative self-talk, and they say to themselves, I want to stop speaking to myself so negatively. And my view is you definitely want to reduce your negative self-talk. And I'll talk more about ways that you can do that over time. But trying to eliminate your negative self-talk is kind of trying to erase the humanness from who you are. It's a part of the human experience. And in my opinion, The goal is not to make it go away. The goal is to become highly flexible, adaptable, and resilient in the face of it. I don't like to set goals that stress me out, and I don't like to set goals that that feel like they're not attainable or make me feel like I'm not in control of achieving that goal. Because when I feel like I'm not in control of achieving the goal, then the thought of me pursuing the goal stresses me out. And when it comes to negative self-talk, we're not always in control of it. Sometimes it just happens. Sometimes it's our default conditioned response to a difficult situation. And so when we tell ourselves that we want to eliminate all negative self-talk and all the mean things that we say about ourselves in our minds, it can create more pressure And it can become a breeding ground for even more negative self-talk because then we start talking to ourselves negatively because we're unable to get rid of the negative self-talk. So we start developing negative self-talk about the negative self-talk. So instead, what I encourage you to aim for as a goal is to become more flexible, adaptable, and resilient in response to your negative self-talk. 
And not only will this help you build more confidence and believe in your capabilities more, but it will also help you be more effective as a leader because part of the job of a leader is to be able to continue moving everyone towards the finish line even when obstacles and adversity arises. And in my experience, negative self-talk is one of the biggest obstacles that tends to arise. So as you become better at navigating that experience within yourself and showing up strong and executing with excellence despite the negative self-talk, you are building this leadership muscle of being able to move forward even when something pops up and tries to hold you back. This is why I love doing inner mindset work on like, I love it when you get to do it for yourself, because as you work on your confidence and your mindset and you just get better and more confident and you grow through these challenges, the side effect is you become a better leader because most of the mindset muscles that you build also make you much better when it comes to your leadership, which is why I get so excited about it. Okay. So the goal is not to completely stop the negative self-talk. Rather, the goal is to become more flexible, more adaptable, and more resilient in the face of it. Because where we, what we don't want to happen is that our negative thinking is causing us to take action that is not in our interest. Examples of that could be not having a voice in certain meeting rooms, not saying yes to stretchy opportunities, not advocating for yourself and asking for the promotion that you want. What we don't want is that your negative self-talk talks you out of taking the actions that you want to take because that is you fighting against the things that you want most. And when you're flexible and adaptable in response to your negative self-talk, it's a lot harder for it to stop you from going after what you really want. Interrupting quickly just to let you know The Art of Speaking Up is an explicit show This episode might contain an F-bomb or two We wanted you to know if that's important to you And now it's time to get back to the show But put some headphones on if you're around your kiddo And let me tell you one of the things that has freed me personally so much is that I just decided that I will go for the things that I want regardless of like what kind of self-talk I'm experiencing. Like it's just my negative self-talk doesn't get to make decisions anymore. I don't have to necessarily eliminate it. I don't have to like stress out if I'm falling into self-criticism. I just need to focus on what I actually want and what matters most to me and making sure my actions align with that, even when negative thoughts are floating around in my brain, making me feel frustrated and icky about myself and unhappy. And what happens as I do that and as you do this is that a lot of those negative thoughts start to lose their charge because as you challenge negative thoughts by taking stronger actions, the actions you take start to prove the negative thoughts untrue. So if you have a negative thought that says you're not capable and you suck at your job and you're not smart enough, and that negative thought is trying to pull you back from asking for the promotion that you want or getting more visible in meetings, 
And then you start to take the actions that you truly want to take, like asking for the promotion and getting more visible in meetings. Then you start to see that maybe you are capable and that maybe you are smart enough. So when we take powerful action, it creates the opportunity to generate evidence out in the real world that proves our negative thoughts untrue. Okay, now I want to share a few things that will help you become more resilient in the face of your negative thinking. What I see very often is that negative thinking is often accompanied by other habits that fuel even more negative thinking. So it's not just that you're experiencing negative thoughts, but you're engaging in habits that amplify the negative thoughts and keep them going for longer than they need to go. So I want to make you aware of these habits so that you can notice if you're doing them. And next time you're feeling negatively, instead of engaging in habits that amplify the negative thoughts, Just let the initial negative thoughts be there, decide what action you want to take, and keep moving forward. So I think of these habits as like you're stepping in gum or something sticky or quicksand. You're trying to move forward, but these habits cause you to sink into the quicksand of your negative thoughts, thereby making it really hard for you to take a step forward. So here are the proverbial sources of quicksand that keep you stuck in negative thoughts longer than you need to be and prevent you from moving forward. So the first one is comparison, comparing yourself to other people. The second one is fixating, so staying on the same thing over and over again. The third one is filtering out information, and I'm going to talk about all these in more detail. And the fourth one is self-flagellation and self-punishment. So let's talk about these. So here's how I think about these. I think about these as your negative thought is like a little flame. And these are habits that stoke that flame into a roaring fire. And a roaring fire is a lot more difficult to put out or deal with than a tiny little flame right? So we want our negative thoughts to not be amplified. And so we want to notice when we're going into habits that amplify the negative thoughts that we're having about ourselves. So first, comparison. This is probably one that I see most often. And what this typically looks like is comparing yourself to people that have more blank than you. So Maybe you're in a weekly meeting or any meeting and you know that it is important for your voice to be heard so people understand that you have thoughts and smarts and value to share. Maybe it's a high stakes meeting where there are influential stakeholders and you want those stakeholders to know that you care about your work, that you're really smart, that you're a strong leader. And so you want to be participating in this meeting, but every time you go into it, you start to feel badly about yourself. The negative self-talk starts to happen. And then you begin comparing yourself to the other people in the meeting. This comparison usually sounds like they're smarter than me. They all sound more confident and sure of themselves than me. They have more years of experience than me. They're more well-liked and kind of more in the in-group than me. Typically, you are latching on to certain traits that the other people around you have. 
some of those traits might be real. Like maybe they really do have more years of experience than you. Maybe they do have a higher title than you. But also a lot of the traits that you are latching onto and comparing yourself for are traits that you have invented in your mind and that may or may not be true and may or may not be factual. For example, they're smarter than me or they're more sure of themselves or more confident than me, right? So comparison can be really sneaky because it's not just that you're comparing yourself based on facts, but you're comparing yourself based on an imagined reality, like based on things that may not even be true, I want you to imagine, like, here's what I want you to imagine. Like, let's look at a competition like the Olympics, right? And let's just say, um, you know, it's ice skating and each of the judges gives the figure skaters a score. Imagine if a judge gave a figure skater a score. Let's say the judge gave the figure skater a really low score. In fact, let's, let's say you're the figure skater. You're training your whole life to skate in the Olympics. You practice and you practice and you have the most incredible skating routine with flips and jumps and the coolest things ever. And you get out on the ice and you do your routine and it goes perfectly. And you're so happy and you're like, oh my gosh, I was so nervous. I did it. And then the judge offers you their score. Now, I know this isn't how it actually works in the Olympics, but just bear with me. The judge offers you their score and the judge gives you a score of a two out of 10. And you say to the judge, wait, but I got my routine perfect. Like, why are you giving me a two out of 10? And the judge says, well, like you tripped and then you fell and your routine didn't fit within the time limits. And a lot of your technique was really off. And like you look at the judge and you're like, None of those things really happened. You made those things up. You would be furious. Like you would be furious if they made things up that ruined your career. Yet in meetings, when you compare yourselves to other people, that's what you are doing to yourself. You are making things up that are causing you to behave in a way that is sabotaging your career. You would never allow someone out in the real world to just like make things up and cause you to suffer because of made up things. Yet we do this to ourselves. We make up in our minds that other people are better, smarter, more talented. And we use those comparisons, which are made up. They're not objective. We use them to fuel the negative thoughts and feelings that we have about ourselves. And we miss out on the opportunity to excel and the opportunity to get noticed because of things we made up. We give ourselves a two out of 10 in figure skating based on shit we made up. That is absurd. So this is why comparison is so sneaky because if your brain is wanting to compare, it's going to do it and it's going to find ways to do it regardless of what the facts actually are. Like think about it. If your brain is willing to compare yourself to other people and make things up so that you can conclude that you're worse than other people, then it literally doesn't matter who you're with, what room you're in, like what the reality is, how good you are, how smart you are, how capable you are. None of that matters because your mind isn't drawing on actual facts. It's just finding and inventing things that feel true in the moment that make you feel even worse. I want you to be on to this, and I also want you to know this is so important, especially if your brain likes to latch onto that you're not the smartest in the room, that you're not the most tenured in the room. 
The person who's the most powerful and impactful in the room is not the person who is the smartest. It's not the person with the most years of experience. I really want you to take this in. It is the person who is most determined to cross the finish line. You don't have to be smart to be determined. You don't have to be experienced to be determined. You just have to decide that you are determined and nothing is going to get in the way of that. Smarts are not the most valuable trait in a corporate setting. I say this because we assume that they are, but they're not. When I was hiring for my team, I didn't choose the candidate that I thought was the smartest. That's a terrible way, in my opinion, to hire. I was always looking for the person who appears to be the most committed, right? Just imagine, do you want to hire someone who's super, super smart and has a very low commitment level? Or do you want to hire someone who isn't as smart and has a super high commitment level? And this is also why I think smart is such a dumb Like, it's such a dumb term, in my opinion. I'm still figuring out my thoughts on it because I haven't, like, fully sorted this out within my own mind. But it just feels like a problematic idea that someone is smarter than someone else. I just feel like we're all capable of learning and being resourceful and figuring things out. We all have different strengths. We all have ways to contribute, ways to be effective. I just think that it's not useful. And by the way, this is coming from someone who... My whole life, I have identified as very smart, and my sense of self-esteem has been falsely built around this belief that I am smart, but it it was not an authentic self-esteem. It was not really based on a strong, genuine sense of self-confidence. It was coming from insecurity and a need to prove myself. So I'm I'm coming to you saying this as someone who really wanted to be the smartest and who really felt it was important that other people thought that I was smart. And then I started to realize that that desire to be smart and be seen as smart was rooted in insecurity and was making me less effective and that what was much more effective was to learn to feel confident in who I am And to focus, rather than focus on being the smartest, focus on being the person who's the most committed to crossing the finish line. So that is the first habit that I want you to notice and just gently let go of when you notice it happening is comparing yourself to other people and doing it based on circumstances that are either real or imagined. The second thing that can cause negative thoughts to be amplified and to linger and to be like a quicksand that is sucking you in is fixating. So fixating means something difficult happened and instead of moving forward from it to notice the next thing and the next thing and the next thing that's happening, you just stay on that negative thing. So an example of this would be, let's say you're presenting a slide to a room full of people and you are experiencing negative self-talk in your mind while presenting the slide, which this happens all the time, by the way. Self-talk, like your self-talk won't turn off while you're talking and while you're presenting, which is a whole beast to deal with. And it's something that I'll talk about it more on the podcast. It's something I talk about in the Art of Speaking Up Academy. But our self-talk is happening always, even while we're presenting to an audience or speaking. So I want you to imagine you're presenting a slide and in your mind, you're experiencing self-talk that sounds like 
you're not being crisp enough, like you don't sound confident, you're not making a good impression, I don't like how you're walking them through this slide, like you sound confused, you're going in circles, you're trailing off, your audience isn't engaged. So you're having all this negative self-talk. And then because of that, you fumble your words and you say something that doesn't make sense. And you kind of have to back up and like start your sentence over or back up and re-explain something. So in other words, you get stuck while you're speaking in a way that is visible to your audience. Okay, fixating would be taking that incident and being like, see, you really are horrible. That was terrible. Maybe people didn't notice it before, but now they notice it. This is proof that you will never get good at this, that you don't know what you're talking about, that you're not a good communicator. And then on and on and on your mind goes. And what happens is your mind stays there on that one thing as if that one fumble was the only thing that happened the entire time, which it never is, right? When you're communicating, when you're taking up space, when you're giving a presentation, a lot of different things are happening. It's not just that one fumble or those two fumbles, right? But when those happen, our minds tend to stay with them as if they're the only things happening, as if you gave an entire presentation that was fumble after fumble after fumble after fumble to the point where it was nonsensical, to the point where there were no coherent sentences that came out of your mouth, which isn't actually what happened, right? Probably 70 to 80% of what you said made sense. And maybe I'm being generous here, 20 to 30% of what you said didn't make sense, or you got stuck, or you fumbled, or you had to start the idea over. But in your mind, you're treating it as if it was 100%. You're staying on it. You're not noticing anything else. And then your self-talk is getting even bigger because now you're like, see, I told you this is horrible. And that fixation isn't giving you room to see anything else that's happening. Which brings me to the next habit, which is closely related, which is filtering out information. This is so, so important. When we are feeling negatively and speaking to ourselves negatively, we will tend to only notice cues in our environment that reinforce that and we will ignore everything else. We will enter into this distorted version of reality where all we can see are the things that we're messing up and that person in the audience who looks annoyed and that slide that we didn't present correctly. We will narrow in on all of the things that reinforce our negative self-talk while simultaneously ignoring all of the things that are pointing to the fact that we're doing quite well and we're actually doing a good job. Here's the thing, like when you're in a room, you're speaking, people are hearing you talking, there's a lot happening, but your brain isn't going to focus on all of the things happening. It's going to focus on just the negative things and it's going to ignore everything else. You're not even going to pick up on a lot of these things. So what happens is then your, your negative self-talk gets louder because similar to what I said before, it's feeding itself evidence of its own truth, right? And if you're filtering out your little wins and your little moments of doing things well, then of course it's going to feel like that negative self-talk is a reflection of reality. And this is such a helpful thing to understand, which is our psyche wants to keep itself the same. It wants to preserve its beliefs. Like if we have an understanding of who we are, then psychologically it can be scary for us to question that. 
And what we're going to do is we're going to morph reality to fit into what we believe to be true. So if you really think that you aren't capable and you're worse than other people, your brain is going to be hard at work to make sure that that reality stays in place. And because of that, you're going to filter and distort the world around you to reinforce that understanding. And it's going to keep you stuck in those thoughts longer and deprive you of the opportunity to break out of it. So a really powerful you know, intervention that you can do with yourself when you're getting stuck in negative self-talk and it's getting bigger and bigger is to say to yourself, am I noticing everything or am I filtering out to just look at the negatives and the ways I messed up and the ways that I'm not doing well? Like, am I truly taking like a bird's eye view or am I zoomed in on things that are highly negative and also that aren't good representation of the full picture? The last one The last habit that can keep you stuck in your own negative thoughts and can amplify them is judging yourself. So particularly when you're having intense negative thoughts, you're feeling really bad, you're feeling really icky, a lot of times then you go into, wow, something's really wrong with me. Like no one else is experiencing this. No one else is feeling this way. Like what? Like why am I so different? Like why am I so wrong? Why am I so weird? And you start piling shame onto your negative thoughts and making yourself wrong for having this difficult human experience, which makes it really, really difficult for you to take powerful action. All of these things make it difficult for you to take powerful action because they make these thoughts more potent and more debilitating. But the good news is once you start to notice these habits, then you can get better at stopping them so that you can remain flexible, adaptable, and resilient even in situations where the negative thoughts are coming up and they're preventing you from taking powerful action. And truly, if you want to be a a leader, you want to have a big title, a big role, a big career, you have to learn how to do this because as you step into bigger roles and bigger leadership positions, Your brain isn't going to magically stop having negative thoughts just because you're in this bigger position. In fact, you're going to be more stretched and there's going to be more pressure and there are going to be more things in your environment that will stimulate negative thoughts because you will be taking on more. You will be challenging yourself. The stakes will be higher. And so it will be a prerequisite for success that you know how to navigate to and respond to negative thoughts and that you know how to keep moving forward. So like the CEO of your company or a CEO of any company, if they're in like a super important meeting with, I don't know, investors or the press or just something, right? They can't be like, well, I'm just not going to participate in this meeting because I'm feeling really negatively about myself and I'm comparing myself and blah, blah, blah. Like that's absurd, right? Like the CEO can't do that. They're the CEO. They need to show up for the thing. I guarantee you, though, guarantee you that lots of CEOs have those thoughts, right? I coach I coach people. I see it. I coach executives. I coach leaders. Trust me, they have the thoughts. But in order for them to do their job, they have to show up. They can't opt out. So when you get to a certain level of responsibility, you can't opt out. You've got to show up. You've got to be flexible. You've got to be resilient. But the good news is you are absolutely capable of doing that. And as you get better at doing that, you will feel so damn powerful. If you want to get really good at this and you want me to guide you 
along this process of learning not to get so consumed by your negative thoughts so that you can act like a CEO and show up and use your voice and take powerful action and get noticed in your workplace, then the Art of Speaking Up Academy was designed for women like you. I mentioned in the beginning of this episode how skills and mindset work together to help you stand out and help you build a successful career. The skills ensure you know exactly how to communicate to make a powerful impression through your words, and the mindset ensures that you use your voice and get visible and take up space even in situations that feel challenging. In the Art of Speaking Up Academy, I cover both. You will work on your mindset so that it becomes more resilient, and you will learn the foundations of crisp, effective, executive-friendly communication. Everything in the academy is taught in a simple, beginner-friendly way. Now, good news, I have a cohort of the academy that I'm going to be kicking off in early 2024. There is a limited number of spots in this cohort, and there's a very, very, very good chance that the only way to get one of those spots is to be on the wait list. I will be offering the wait list early enrollment next month. In November, I'll be opening up early enrollment for the next cohort of the Art of Speaking Up Academy, and there is a very good chance that all of the spots will be taken by those who are on the wait list. That is what happened last time, and so this time I'm not even planning to really announce or open enrollment on the podcast because I want to set the expectation that there may not be space or capacity in that cohort unless you are on the wait list and you grab your spot early to make sure that you get to do that and you get the opportunity to do the mindset work and learn the skills you need to have an upwardly mobile thriving career, head over to justguzzitcoaching.com slash academy and add yourself to the Art of Speaking Up Academy waitlist. I will drop the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You are awesome. I'm so happy you're here and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.